All right. All right at the fork. Here we are. Uh, today, we're going to be talking to A.J. Kemp of Hawksview Cellars. Now, wine is not my the first thing that I uh, claim to be an expert at. To the contrary, actually. But what I find interesting about A.J. is uh, I've been to a couple of events with him, and I've been to a tasting at uh, Hawksview Cellars, and he's made it very interesting uh, for me, and not only from a verbal standpoint, but from the standpoint of my palate. And uh, uh, we enjoyed some white Pinot uh, out at Hawksview Cellars. And um, I, as a matter of fact, you can find the uh, blog that I wrote from that uh, visit on Portland Food Adventures. Uh, if you probably, if you Google Portland Food Adventures, Hawksview Cellars, you'll find it. And it's pretty cool. We're down in the with the tanks, uh, with some nice people. Take a look at that. And uh, it'll provide a little bit of depth beyond uh, the interview that you're about to hear. You got it figured out. You got the vest on with the matching. It matches your hair perfectly. Was that something you planned? Or that... Absolutely. I, you know, I took 45 minutes this morning getting this ready to go. Good. 45 minutes out in... Uh, you know, I always have a Newberg shirt. Sure, what I always have. It always, for some reason, I don't know why I have a, I have a problem with that. But it's a beautiful place you have out there. Thank you. Yeah, the bustling metropolis of Sherwood, Oregon. Believe it or not, I'll tell you how close Hawksview is to downtown. I got here in thirty-five minutes. Really? Uh huh. Your time and no traffic. Uh, there was decent traffic. I actually texted Heather on my way here. Really? Because I was nervous that I would be late. Well, you don't have to be nervous. We're not we're not live. That's the nice thing. That is perfect. So uh, I was, I had a wonderful time out at Hawksview Cellars um, a couple of months ago. Now it's amazing how time flies. Yeah, was it no November, December? -ish? Was it later in the year, wasn't it? It was probably November. Yeah. Um, uh, but at any rate, I had met you at Irving Street Kitchen, and I'm going to be frank with you. I've never been one who loves a lot of wine discussion, the soil, the climate. It doesn't, it's not something. But what struck me about you was your story and how you got into the business and that you were at one point um, as clueless as I still am about wine, but no longer are you that clueless. And then we took a, I brought some of my, after I met you and I met April, um, we were invited out to Hawks View and I brought some of the people that I, uh, that I'm friendliest with who know wine pretty well, and we had just a marvelous time, and they're still talking about it, Long and Dana. Yeah, that was fantastic. You were on your way out to the Joel Palmer house, if I remember correctly, Yes, right? that was our appetizer to yeah. the Joel Palmer house. Yeah, and I did, went into one of my typical run-on tastings, which I love, because that's why we do. Um, this year is actually interesting. We're opening our tasting room on the weekends. Uh, which we haven't done in the past. It's, when, all, it's all been appointment only? Yeah, and we took the tack for us. It was the private, as we said, because private's kind of a dirty word in Portland. It engenders a really visceral response. But for us, it was only natural. Private means personal. So when you came to Hawksview, and when you come to Hawksview during the week still, you, you're going to taste with the owner. And as you saw that day, uh, yeah, there's they're kind of no-rule tastings and uh, certainly not afraid to show unfinished wines. And that day, you... Uh, I, I think I punctuated it that day, but uh, the three of you became the first people to ever do... The four. Stephanie was there, too. She, oh, that's right. 
And they, she made me look so much better. <laughs> so the four of you were the first people to ever do a vertical of our white Pinot Noir, which has undoubtedly become our hottest wine. Which I was, uh, first of all, tannins get to me. So a Pinot Noir, I can only drink so much of it and I'm yep. out. Um, but you, I think you didn't have that planned. I, what was awesome about that tasting was that you poured one vintage and then before you knew it we had a 10 11 12 uh no i uh, 10 11 12 or 11 12 13 and then you took us downstairs and pulled some out of the tank which was coming up in april correct or oh which is sitting here today as a matter of fact because as i was saying to uh court as we were walking in the room that we have now officially passed noon and that's not having to use eastern time so some point we're going to get a chance to to sip that. I we literally pulled together that composite blend um, at 10:45 this morning. So you today get to be the first guy to taste our 2013 white Pinot Noir that will be coming out on May 1st. I'm actually happier that Court and Heather are going to be able to try that. I'm happy to try it. I've already had it, but I'm not. As I've told you, I'm not the um, I'm not the the most uh, prolific wine aficionado in Portland. But- you but know, that's what that see. It's like beets. I don't love beets. So when a chef can make beets and have me enjoy it, that's to me is what makes it the experience. So I love this white pinot. I probably can't afford to buy more than a bottle, um, but uh, it was really an exceptional experience, and I enjoyed every moment of drinking all the different vintages, and I was able to tell the difference between them. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be rocket science, you know. It's, the, there's an interesting thing to me about wine, and uh, you know, I didn't enter into wine in the most linear of paths, and that's probably why I don't take the most linear of paths. But for me, uh, there seems to be this this mystifying element to wine where everybody, whether you're experienced or not, the minute you pick up a glass, you feel like you have to drop 42 adjectives on it that are, and if you don't, you choose the right ones. Um, you know, you've hit a massive fail, which, and so for us at a Hawksview, uh, we take the tack much like I do when I'm drinking a beer, much like I was drinking an IPA last night. Uh, it's all about, do you like it or do you not? And, you know, the way that I got into wine, <laughs> I, I graduated from a college in Southern California after successfully drinking kegs of Red Dog for four years. And then I was about to take off to uh, New York City. And uh, I was choosing between one of two uh, finance jobs out there. I had a father at a, a long career in the finance world. And, uh, so strong male leader, you're going to go follow in your dad's footsteps, obviously. And I'm 48 hours from being wheels up out of LAX to JFK. And I get a phone call from my late father. And he calls me up and triumphantly announces that, hey, guess what? I bought a farm. And now, mind you, family has no history in agribusiness. No, zero zilch, not a none. Where did you grow up? I was born, raised in Portland. Uh, my family came to Portland in 1919 from Scotland, settled up in Northeast Portland well before it was cool to live in Northeast. And it certainly didn't have the culinary scene it had in Northeast. My uh, dad was well, there. It was 1919. Correct. So, okay. And uh, yeah. There probably he, wasn't anything cool about it then. You know, it was funny. My dad used to say that uh, Northeast Portland back then was where the immigrants with no money lived. And it was. It was, it was Scottish, Italian, and... You know, he, uh, he, the reason he was so intrigued this one day, and he, he, he retired 
and learned that he had um, uh, far fewer hobbies than he actually did. And one morning, while I was down in Southern California getting my getting a degree to go follow in his footsteps, uh, he was reading the Oregonian, as he did as a loyal Portlander. And there was an article on Oregon vineyards, and he read that, and he said, "You know what he said to himself? He goes, I bet vineyards have really nice views.'" Because he grew up at 23rd and Cooch. And if you look west down Burnside, mm-hmm. you're looking at the West Hills. And those hills look at Mount Hood. So being the curious cat he was, he called all five people that were listed in the article. I believe there was some, some industry folks, um, uh, business people. And how, how old was he at the time? Uh, oh, God, that was 2002. He was born in 41, so he was 61. Oh, okay. Um, he... Uh, Calls all five people, and as a great shock to you, me, and the whole world, the only person that called him back from the five he called was the real estate broker, mm-hmm. and the rest was history. So uh, he calls me up and announces he bought this farm that has a 50-acre vineyard on it that would been planted by a, a very large California corporate winery. So it, or it was the short answer to that is it's done right, uh, and he's going, 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 and then he just e-breaks the conversation and warns me about going to New York. He says it's don't do it, which was totally antithetical to the way he was because he was just a good old Portland industrialist, hardworking guy. And, and you had you had the ticket in hand. So you obviously had convinced yourself, this is what I want to do. And you were had to be excited about it. You were a kid. Yeah, you're 22 years old. Uh, we all know, yeah, looking back, we can all look in our rearview mirror and realize how little we knew. But at that time, you really know... <laughs> Oh, you that's really, when you think you know it. That's before oh, you realize you don't know anything. Yeah, I was going to go grab New York by the throat and shake it, of mm. course, right? And so uh, he says to me, uh, he gives me he gives me a path. He says, I need you to get this degree in the next 12 months. And mind you, I've just graduated a handful of days prior. And if you can do that, you can come back here and figure out what to do with this place with me. And back then, Hawksview was gravel roads, deer fence, one barn and a well, and a vineyard. Uh, far different than what you saw when you visited did us. Did you even know what, where Newburgh was at the time? When I did, but that? I felt like I needed a Southwest jet from downtown Portland to get there. Because remember back in the day, um, Sherwood Newburgh, I mean, that was that was a drive. Uh, and it, uh, things have really changed with the, with the, uh, the development out there. But uh, for the record, I had never visited Sherwood, Oregon. And I grew oh. up my entire life in Oregon. Uh, and... In a moment of craziness or clarity, when he offered that up, my visceral response, being a, a, a proud Oregonian and proud Portlander, was okay. And it surprised my it surprised me when those words came out of my mouth. Well, that's a loyal son. Yeah, well, right? I mean, yeah, we, it's a loving son to say that. You can't. You wouldn't just say that. I mean, if my father had said that to me, I doubt I would have been all in on that. Well, we we uh, we're a close family. Uh, out on the farm right now, it's my wife, Rachel, and my daughter, Kira, of eight months. And next door, a quarter mile, for all intent and purpose, on the same property that's country close for you, uh, is my mother. Uh, who, so uh, we're, we are the definition of a true family business, and we're an Oregonian family at that. Uh, and the interesting thing is, and we'll get into it, we can get into it now, but your wines are not all sort, you know, all the, the grapes don't come from Oregon. Yeah, and it's uh, it, the that comes from a love of the entire West Coast of the United States, and Washington and California uh, f- have this really incredible thing called sun, and it 
totally changes the grapes that they can grow. They Well, let's put it this way. They grow different grapes and they can grow grapes differently. And on the flip side, we can do the same thing. So for us at Hawksview, um, we took our love for these very specific varietals from specific grape growing regions in both states and said, we want to we make the best wines from the best grape growing regions, regardless of where they are. And voila. Well, does do other vineyards or wineries do that in the area? Are you doing something that's pretty exclusive? I believe there's a I've seen a couple other folks that do it. I think it's um, you know our our focus being for uh, more uh, wide reaching is uh, a great point of uniqueness. But uh, you know there's uh, Shanann has done a great job with that and uh, the um, uh, blanking on um, blanking on the name right now. Too much white Pinot. Uh, too much white Pinot, and that was on the drive. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, Open container. You've got a top that screws on, so you're okay. Yeah. Well, you got to you got to stay in between the white lines. <laughs> uh, so, are, is the uh, I assume that out there you've got a tight knit community of winemakers who kind of all is it the same as it is in Portland with chefs where they're if they're they need a pasta maker and they're out of theirs doesn't work that immediately one jumps in is is it that way in the wine business up? Out your way? Yeah, both because at Hawksview, we're both grape farmers because uh, we sell a portion of our vineyard as well to specific wineries in both California and Oregon and winemakers. And, um, you know, at a base level, everyone out there is a farmer. Uh, and so tractor goes down. Uh, it's all hands on deck. And it, it is very collegial. That's what I love about Portland. Um Portland, the the craft economy from Portland isn't totally about the quality of good or service. It's about people, and you see that mm-hmm. gendered in the wine business consistently. Yeah, it's amazing what I I say it all the time, and perhaps too much about just the the attitude and the um, the passion people have. Not so much for making everybody needs to make money, but not so much for making money, but just making great experiences for people and and working with. All these incredible, uh, all the incredible produce and meats and wines, beers that are around. uh, It's really something else, and it's hard to describe to other people. I've never seen it anywhere else. I've traveled a little bit. I'm not having traveled all over the world, but um, you just don't see it. No, I was actually talking to the uh, as I was waiting out traffic last night downtown. I was. I was talking to the bartender, and I said, Portland's the type of town, if you're not drinking a beer that was brewed within three blocks, you're lazy. And it's you almost have to work to not be totally stitched into um, both the culinary or the beverage and, you know, you, you other goods that have just – I mean, Oregon is special. Uh, friends of mine who come in from New York or L.A., um, their question to me uh, repeatedly is, why doesn't everybody live here? And uh, I think that too, but everybody doesn't want everyone to move here. So correct, we, you know, the, you want to filter out some anyway. You want your good friends to come and people you love, but we we don't want everybody out here. Yeah, it, you, come you, visit, come be a tourist. Yeah, and and then, you know, come at, come in September because then you're going to feel really good about it because that's the. You know, that's the icing on the cake month here where everything's almost perfect. Well, I fell in love with Oregon in July. Uh, 2003 uh, was my first time in, in the state. And 
And then I came back in 2004 again in July. That's all I had experienced before I decided to move here. And it was phen- it was <laughs> perfect. It's that perfect weather that we've all experienced that you're thinking about in September. So, uh, but I think people should come at different times. The, uh, you know, I, I will say uh, with, to the credit of what's going on in the wine business right now, uh, the amount of uh, traffic from not only um, the Western region of the United States, but all over the U.S. is really significant. And that is, uh, and it's an significant uptick. And that's a, a huge credit to uh, folks like uh, the Black Walnut Inn, um, at Allison and in Spa, um, uh, a lot of the PR work that's coming from downtown Portland right now, they're doing a really good job of communicating um, the bounty of Oregon wine and all the other things that Oregon can offer the tourist. What's that curve look like from when you when did you start at Hawksview? June first, two thousand and three, at five oh five in the morning. Okay, so that's eleven years now. How does that curve look in terms of? Traffic. I know when we were out there, there were some folks from New York who mm-hmm. were getting a tasting when we were there. Uh, how much has it increased and accelerated in the last few years? Well, we had our did our first. Uh, we opened the doors of Hawksview Hox, Cellars uh, in two thousand and nine, and uh, from that point on, we've it's it's a multiple. You know, it's probably three or four x what we see. I during the during the week, I'm I'm doing. Between two and three private tastings a day, Monday through Friday, and that's in that's in those those middle summer months, and and where are those coming from? Where are people finding out about you? Uh, you know, it's it's through uh, the wonderful concierges, through um, uh, different publications, and uh, through the handful of our culinary partners. We've uh, our uh, 2009 and now 2010 Pinot Noir from our estate, the one Pinot Noir we make from our estate. Red Pinot Noir, let's make that clear, uh, has been the Glasspore Pinot Noir at uh, Urban Farmer down here at the Nines mm-hmm. uh, for three and a half years, which is really unique. And uh, yeah, that's good for you. That's a lot of people from out of town. It is, and uh, you, because of our tasting model during the week, it, it's been a very comfortable place for them to send their clientele. And I got to tell you, the best part of what we do out of Hawksview is get to interact with this myriad of people. Uh, Florida, Texas, New York, Minnesota is a huge state. Shocking to me. I would not have picked that one off a map. Texas. Texas is my second largest state next to Oregon. Interesting. Yeah. Texans love their wine. Yeah. They have some cellars going on over there. Yeah. They are not, they, they are not underhydrated. <laughs> so how much do you attribute the uh, Portland food scene to generating traffic for you? Um, if, if this scene wasn't here... And it was just a wine region. I guess that's kind of a hard question. Or a hard thing. It's a hard question, but it's also uh, totally salient to the growth of uh, tourism in Oregon wine country. Uh, let's go back to uh, the Feast Festival. I, as a Portlander, we had a uh, uh, Emily Crowley um, was from uh, Feast PDX was very kind to let um, a, a small winery like Hawksview in, and. I got to tell you, the quality of the people coming by, and we were involved in almost every event throughout that week, and it was, it was just a huge magnifying glass uh, being pointed at Portland, bringing in people, uh, top culinary uh, writers, enthusiasts, travelers, culinary travelers, something I didn't even know existed from uh, New York, L.A., London, uh, 
Vancouver, it was uh, it was a smorgasbord of people. And then they were tasting these wines and going, I can't, I didn't even know these were here. And you could just watch this accordion, uh, accordion unfold right in front of you. I uh, actually met met you in April at uh, at Imperial. You were doing the uh, that was the opening party, I believe. It was at uh, a feast, and I had wasn't familiar at all, and I got to taste. You brought some. In, what did you bring there? There were some interesting. Uh, Wines going on. That was super fun because that was a that was a Chef Paley who was super kind to allow us to be his wine partner throughout that uh, event. Uh, we got to do uh, we called it the Paley pre party or the Paley pre funk. I don't know what made it to print, but uh, that day we brought, if I remember correctly, we brought the white Pinot and we brought a skin fermented Chardonnay. And now normal, that's what I remember. Now normally Chardonnay comes in, gets squeezed for a couple hours. Um, in your great press and goes into either barrel or tank, uh, done period, end of sentence. Uh, we did something that was uh, more of a red wine technique with a, I mean, with a very small amount of Chardonnay grapes. We de-stemmed them, so we took the berries off the stems, threw them into a bin, so like a mini fermenter. And uh, much like you would with red wines, you do the old Lucille Ball routine, the punch downs, which ta- takes the clear uh, grape juice, interacts it with the skin. Now, the skin on a Chardonnay grape is very light colored, so it's pulling very light amount of skin, uh, light amount of color. Now, normally, with a red wine, you do that for, nah, it's, it depending on vintage, about a couple of weeks, two, three weeks. We let that juice sit on those skins for six weeks. What came through was a Chardonnay that almost, for lack of a better descriptor, looked like Fanta without bubbles and would, had this incredibly alluring acid and it 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 was totally parallel to this this movement of these things i didn't even know existed called orange wines which apparently are very hot in new york and um i the top uh the top response that we got that weekend was from chefs themselves about that well what's interesting you're talking about and again i only was able to glean a little bit of what you're talking about but when you're talking about the white Pinot, which you have with you today, with, yeah. uh, that process comes from the great the the skins being on for a lesser period of time. Correct. So, um, uh, the, the you know white Pinot looks like, for all intent and purpose, most white wines. Um, but what we do is we take a red wine grape, we throw it into our grape press, and instead of uh, pressing it. And letting those that juice sit on the skins for two to three weeks, and you get a normal red Pinot Noir. What you get, uh, we press it very lightly for two hours, pull just a very little bit of color out, uh, out of that grape, have it drain out into the press pan, send it out. Three quarters of it goes to stainless steel to help em- embellish the freshness and brightness of the wine, which is really alluring on those hot sunny days, and that also um, really focuses on the acid, which is. Um, pairs well with food, and we take the uh, the remaining balance, put it in lightly toasted French oak to really give it a little more viscosity and body, and that's where it goes through its whole fermentation process, and uh, we only let it go through primary fermentation, so the uh, acids stay real bright, and next thing you know, it's May 1st. So when people come out to do private tastings between now and the summer, is this available for private tasting? I know you're almost sold out. Yes. Are you- very close. And so when it sells out, do you stop doing tastings of this white Pinot? Correct. Yeah, I don't. That, that would be, that'd be, I wouldn't like that 
as I'd go in there, I'd get up really excited about something, and say, and so we don't we don't want to do that. What? Um, but though the white pinot is still something that uh, I love to show people because the the name in and of itself is oxymoronic, and this uh, the white pinot for us is um, the our our maiden wine into something called the cellar series, and. Uh, the seller series is, you know, uh, for us, it's all about innovation because, you know, uh, the preponderance of wines out there and we make them, um, uh, they're all very, for all intent and purpose, conventionally made. Mm-hmm. But you're sitting down there on those cellar floors and you're working through a harvest and you're putting things into tank and you're going, but what if we did this? Wouldn't that be cool? What if we did X? Is that what common in the business or is that... Because I, I have to tell you, I've listened to a number of uh, wine conversations, and what struck me about what you're doing is it seems unusual. It may be that I'm just not paying attention to everyone else. I don't know. But is, it, uh, is, that, is that common to experiment as much as you seem to experiment? Well, I, I don't know. Well, you I, know I, what some of the – you have to know what some of the other folks are doing. Well, yeah, I – I find if you know when I go into uh, you know cohorts wineries and stuff, you'll see some different fermentation vessels. You'll go in and, for example, I've I remember seeing in one winery a um, cement egg, which is uh, we are intra industry. We call it, it's very wine nerdy because it just engenders a different fermentation process that I'm not fully uh, fully knowledgeable with. But yeah, I mean everyone's got their little toys, if nothing else, to keep them interested. But if you look at it like. You know, go into the breweries that are all over town now. They're all not just making a pilsner. I went to, I was at Fort George Brewery in Astoria recently and I had a coffee. It was Java the Hop. Uh, it was, it was incredible. But where, who else is making that? Where else is there a, a menu of beers where you can get all the different flavors? And, you know, here we are with coffee, which is also uh, another area of beverage that where Portland is um, really notable as well. So I, I find it interesting. I also want to know about what life is like for you and your family out on, out on, the, on the vineyard. What's, what is your typical day like out there? Well, today woke up. Uh, I am well, this a w- isn't a typical day because we're not going to do this tomorrow. Correct. Um, well, typically now, uh, we, the, the farm starts moving at 6 a.m., uh, this time of year, and then as the uh, the days get longer, they start moving at five, and uh, starts with uh, the crew entering the vineyard. That's and I was a member of the crew for two thousand three, four, five, six, seven. How many but people on the crew? We have six. Okay. Um, and where are they from? Um, the our crew generally, uh, they're all the residents up here, but they're um, all from Mexico generally. Um, that's they're the guys. Uh, have been with us since I was there, 2003. So I mean, it's very, it's a very f- uh, familial sort of feel out there. Um, at the same time, uh, right now uh, there's some interesting planning going on because my my wife Rachel is uh, beginning to uh, roll out uh, organic vegetable farming on our farm and um, going to start bringing in chicken. Uh, this uh, it's a very specific methodology of chicken farming. So soon enough, in the next handful of years, when you come to Hawksview for the private events that we do with our with our private chef uh, Matt Howard, who's an incredible culinary artist here in Portland, um, it's six out of seven days a week when you have a private event. Everything you eat 
and everything you drink is going to be from that farm because I, our farm is really special and it can grow amazing, not just wine grapes, but as we've seen, we have multiple uh, sections of fruit trees as well as uh, this, this, the vegetables that we're going to be doing. It's really exciting. But the, to answer your initial question, uh, the days go until the light ends. This right now, the uh, the days are pretty are shorter. But right uh, this morning, the guys are out there pruning the vines. So, how much of your time is spent managing the farm and the vineyard, and how much of your time is spent getting out and being the voice of Hawks View? Um, I spend more time being the voice of Hawks View right now. Uh, I'm really fortunate to be uh, to be married to a woman who is a northern Minnesota farm girl. And so between the two of us... Uh, oh, that was the Minnesota plug before. That was for her. Well, of course. No, <laughs> I, yeah, listen, you got you, you to gotta build bridges here, you know? No, but she's... Um, Anyone else you want to build a bridge for while we're talking? No, I think I'm pretty good, you okay. know? Well, you know, and, and you know, we, I've, I've been, you know... My, no, I think that's good. I'll do it just for my wife. Good. I'm, that's commendable. Yeah, she act, remember that. She stopped by that day. I know. She's beautiful. She was wonderful. We had a great time with her. Well, and uh, we always talk about Wipino. Uh, and uh, when I met, it was funny, when I met her, um, the reason I know so specifically how close Hawksview is to downtown and how easy it is to get out there for a tasting is because when we were dating, and I she lived up in Northeast. She had a fantastic spot off uh, 23rd and going off of Bike Boulevard. And uh, I would leave the winery and the farm every day about, you know, four. I would, sometimes I'd sneak out a little bit earlier than I should have, but, you know, about five o'clock. And I could get, at five o'clock, I could get to Northeast Portland with no tricks in 38 minutes. All right. So if it. Uh on the 38th minute, when you're on your way out to Hawksview, if you're not there yet, just turn around and come yeah. back because uh, your credibility is uh, is going to be in question. Well, and she was the one who, in relation to the white Pinot Noir, she was the one who was the main driver for the production of it to grow. Because uh, when I met her, she uh, she wasn't a wine drinker, and so she every time the wines would come out, she just kind of sh- shut it down. Actually, her you know talk about a budding industry. Her favorite thing is uh, ciders. And she really loves her cider. And I remember I came home one day, uh, and I poured a bottle of this, well, I think it was the second vintage of it, uh, at a dinner the night before, and I came, walked in the house. And uh, she's, you know, cooking away after a long day of managing much stuff around the farm. And half that bottle's gone, and she's saying, I really like this. And I said to myself, we need to make more Good. So now. That, that's, that, that makes me feel better because you turned, uh, you know, you she wasn't really into wine, and now... She appreciates it enough to open a bottle and finish it off before you get home. Only half. Oh, she's half. she's a good she's a conservative well, Minnesota girl. She's a girl. good wife. She was leaving some for uh, for you. <laughs> we'll tell her that. Yeah, for sure. So um, I know you can. Your wines are available, I assume, at at Imperial and and Paley's and probably Irving Street Kitchen because that's where we, yep. we had. Where else? Where else in Portland can someone? Right now, they have uh, Irving Street Kitchen, who's been a great partner of ours for quite some time. Uh, Chef Sarah is one of my favorite personalities in uh, Portland food. She is great. God, she is just awesome. We have a we have a uh, I, we got to spend uh, as a as a feast pre event. We got to pour wine, and she was making I believe salmon gravlax is uh, in uh, the middle of a Whole Foods. And that was an entertaining couple of hours. With did her. you go to the the feast after party at at Irving Street Kitchen? Did I did manage? not. 
that was incredible what she put on there. What what a what a what a party for all of those p- folks you were talking about who yeah. came in from out of town. Yeah. I mean, I was getting a drink and I met someone from Norway, and we, it was a really fun conversation. But yeah. uh, she she does an amazing job. The other night, in front of a few people, I talked about um, that she does fried food better than anyone else I know, and uh, she wanted to make it clear that Irving Street Kitchen is not all about fried food. No, but but it, that. That fried chicken is worthy of discussion. I mean, it's it's I that's my favorite fried chicken I've ever had, and um, that I actually paired that with. Uh, they have our our single vineyard California Syrah, one of our uh, non estate wines uh, from, in my opinion, the best Syrah vineyard in California. Gary's Vineyard, Gary's plural, not possessive. So move the apostrophe to the outside, and uh, they have it on tap, and I and paired that with uh, their. Uh, their fried chicken and it was a, it was a dream. Wow. So where else in Portland other than Urban Farmer and Departure? Okay. And um, currently, and the we you every so often we throw some fun stuff like the skin fermented Chardonnay and the white Pinot to uh, Chef Paley for all because he's just become such a good friend. We. Um, what about Gregory? Gregory would probably do some interesting. Things at departure with uh, some of your pairings. Yeah, and he and I we haven't had that opportunity yet. I'm going to look into that. That's a good idea. We right. um, well, we hope he's we hope we have a guy like Gregory. We hope we have Gregory listening. So Gregory, if you're listening, we're uh, the the whole Nines Hotel has been a great partner with us for a long time. And uh, another development that we have this year is you very soon uh, will be able to find um, uh, Hawksview Wines in. Uh, all your Whole Foods on all your new seasons and selected bottle shops throughout the entire state, which is a neat uh, new development for us as well. Uh, we want to make it uh, more accessible for you to be able to pick your uh, pick your bottles up. And I assume the white Pinot is not going to be that's that's something you have to buy by the case. Uh, that is something uh, we don't have. We currently right now for reservations we're doing cases and we're very close to having it fully reserved. But uh, yeah, you never know what's going to happen. Okay. So um, let's just be clear for everybody how to find you. Uh, talk about, tell us exactly where you are in Sherwood and also where to find you on the web. Yep. Um, Hawksview Sellers are at com. You want to write me an email? It's really easy. My uh, first name is two letters, aj at hawksviewsellers.com. Uh, super easy to get to us. Uh, take Highway 99 uh, into Sherwood. You take a ride on Ed Road and you follow the signs. Uh, if you have any questions, just call us uh, at the winery main line. Well, you need to call beforehand anyway. You can't just show up. Well, during the week, yes. Right, during the week. Oh, yeah. weekends you're open. Yep, weekends we're going to be open 10 to 5. That's okay. going to be starting in the second quarter of 2014. And uh, very excited about it. And, you know, sitting on our 1,600-square-foot patio um, that is dead centered on Mount Hood is... Pretty darn nice place it's to be. It's beautiful. There's a little bit of a grade to the the property and a uh, really nice place to be. Um, where do we find you on Twitter? Uh, we are at Hawksview Wines. At, and Instagram? Are uh, you doing that? Uh, we are. What is our Instagram deal? I haven't logged into my Instagram for a while. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. I'm sure it's, it, they'll find it on the on the web, hawksviewsellers.com. Correct? Right. Uh, so thank you so much for coming out. Appreciate it. Thank you very much for, for inviting thir- us. The 38-minute drive. 38-minute drive. Times two. You're going to have to go back now. Yeah, we're close to 38 minutes right now. Where are you going to go for lunch in Portland? Are you going to grab lunch? 
Uh, I don't know where I'm going to grab lunch, but you know what I was doing on my way down here is I was listening to your food cart. And I got to tell you, when you have an empty, when you have, uh, an empty stomach, the last thing you want to do is to listen to a 30-minute uh, <laughs> podcast on food carts. But uh, that's going to be where I'm pointed, and I don't think I want to tie myself to anything just yet. But that's better than walking into a grocery store, New Seasons or Whole Foods on an empty stomach, because yeah. that, that's a dangerous, it's a delicious, but a dangerous proposition. One last question. Uh, other than the, fo- let's be fair, uh, and impartial, other than those folks who are carrying your wine, where in Portland are you uh, finding exciting now to eat? God, where is my favorite place to eat? Well, if I'm going out with my buddies, uh, you're, this is this is going to show how simple of a, ma- a simple of a mouth I am. Uh, my favorite place to go in Portland to go eat: Fire on the Mountain over in Northeast. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. Um, right now, um, I know it sounds like a shameless plug. Uh, Chef Paley's Imperial is in what he's doing up there, what he's done for years up at Paley's Place. Paley's Place to me is Portland culinary, is just underlined. Mm-hmm. And then- There's no argument there. No. And so those are those, I mean, those are my favorite spots. And Imperial. I mean, Port- yeah. Imperial embodies what uh, the Imperial Hotel way back when, and uh, and the whole reason for being is to highlight Oregon food and Oregon culture. Yep. And uh, uh, he has done an exceptional job with that. And there, there couldn't be better hands that uh, Portland could be resting in. Yeah, I think I, I, I agree with you. Thanks for coming. Thank you very much we'll, for having I, me. We'll, we'll come out, and now we're going to enjoy a little of this uh, white pinot. You got it. Thank you for bringing it. Heather didn't want to start with that was great, so <laughs> that was super. <laughs> So no, that was uh, that was really enjoyable. As a matter of fact, I was a little bit uh, uh, worried that we'd get too much into wine, Pasha. yeah, stuff, and I didn't I didn't want to do that. And I, I was, as I said, I always find that kind well, of well. This is the thing. I've been to a lot of wine tastings because I'm married to a cork dork, and I am in the same camp as you. I I appreciate it. I'm not a huge drinker. Uh, we have a lot of wine in our house, but, uh, you know, it's all about the experience when you go in and whoever's pouring for you, if they um, are relaxed and talkative and friendly, that's what makes all the difference in the world for me. Well, and it's not always about the pourings, no. but it's, it's, well, that's what we're talking in about. In addition to the do- wine. Someone who's doing a pouring, and AJ does a really nice one, and that's, yeah. it's a beautiful place out there that I highly recommend anybody go. I'm sure that anybody can do a Willamette Valley tour, right? but it's a nice spot. We happened to go um, for a tasting right before dinner at the Joel Palmer House, which is a really nice way to go. Mm-hmm. My point is this, <laughs> that you don't need to feel intimidated because there there is no intimidation factor. And it's 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 much like when you go to dine here in Portland. It's, you know, hey, how's it going? It's, you know, it's all chill. And and I think people a lot of times get intimidated and it's a different kind of vibe here. It's 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 what you experience it, you know whether you're going to buy a sweater or you know drink wine. It's it's a very relaxed environment, and it's different than a Napa and different from Sonoma and other wine regions around the world, or different from the south of France. Well, what's really cool about what he's doing is he's he, there, and he didn't.
talk about it very much, mm-hmm. but they're bringing uh, they're bringing grapes in from um, Washington and California, and what you're getting at an Oregon winery is something that is a a blend uh, of the whole Northwest. And he brought us some to taste, too. That was very nice. Yes. Go taste it yourself, Hawksview Cellars.